0: Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on today's BFC Live, we connect with George Scorsis. He is the CEO of Entourage Health Corp. They are the company formerly known as WeedMD. We want to connect with George about a recent acquisition of Kentex, as well as the name change and the changing landscape of Canadian cannabis. George, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jay. Been you a while. Did,
0: it has been a while, but you've been extremely busy. And like I could run down a whole list of things we're going to talk about because it's like, it's not filling my inbox, but it's exciting to see. But before I do, can I show you something?
1: Show me. Show me.
0: Oh. <laughs> I have a very old school weed M D shirt.
1: That's a that's a vintage shirt, especially based on our latest announcement. I
0: know, it's like <laughs> It's version 1.0, I think,
1: <laughs> right? It's a great look. It, it, it served its purpose definitely at a certain time frame.
0: It's a moment in time. And I feel like uh, I was telling you before we came on, it's the first, it's the first piece of cannabis swag I got. Um, so I wear it with pride and, and now it'll be a classic. Uh, let's start there. Well, first of all, you're in charge now. That's like one thing. We'll talk about that. But also the name has changed. Talk a little bit about both those things in concert. How's that?
1: yeah it's actually it's it's a good way to start to kick off um you know roughly about six months ago we made some management changes in the company i was serving on the board as the chairman and uh what we decided to do is i stepped in as the interim ceo we went through a vast transformational plan and part of that plan was really how do we become more than just a great cultivator even though cultivation was kind of you know the essence of who WeedMD has always been we always prized ourselves on some proprietary genetics and strains and really been good, good cultivators, but th- there needs to be more in a business um, for you to be successful today um, or else you'll just strictly become a wholesaler. Um, you need to be good at retail. You need to great, produce great products, great 2.0 products, great 3.0 products. Um, Start building brands that really stick with the consumer and resonate with the consumer. And a lot of those things that work on your sales, marketing, and distribution pipeline. And I think that, you know, that's where we really have transformed over the last little while. But also the market has changed. You know, we needed to become more disciplined in in our cost, in our spends. Um, so we went through a pretty transformational plan and, and it was a good point of reflection. I think any LP who doesn't look th- look at themselves in the eyes and say, okay, these are the mistakes of the past and we need to change, I think is destined to fail in the future, without a doubt, um, because the industry has changed, the market has changed, the capital markets have even changed. Um, so we reflected and we went through this plan and our Q1 results were were very successful. You're gonna continue to see that upward trend. But most importantly, you need to reflect on who you are. Are you still the same company you were three, four years ago? And WeedMD has changed. Um, We've changed uh, for the better. We have uh, a great medical platform um, with our Starseed Medicinal. Color and Saturday are doing excellent in retail. We're in 1,100 points of distribution and these brands are are starting to really, really stick. but most importantly, um, who we are as a company. So we needed to go through and evolve as a as a group, and really say, you know, what's more reflective of who we are. Weed MD was a great name, um, a great corporate entity uh, three four years ago. But there's a lot more maturity in the industry. So we we've decided to go with uh, Entourage Health Corp. And the reason why we did it is it's kind of symbolic on a few different levels, like. We all know what entourage and the entourage effect means for cannabis, but we thought it was more significant based on entourage and what it means for the people of the organization. We are a people centric organization and it's really about the sum of all these different parts and people and how all together combined we're a much stronger company. But then furthermore, we had an acquisition in play, which I'm sure we'll talk about you know, we have Starseed as an entity, we have WeedMD as an entity, and now we have Cantex, and the parts of all of those three make us a lot better as a corporate entity. So that's, we, we decided to make a change, and actually our ticker changes um, on Friday.
0: Nice, nice. And, and, and it's, it feels like, and this is, com- this is a theme, I would say, over the past several weeks, let's say, when we've been talking to CEOs or, or others within organizations, especially on the LP side that have been around for a period of time and are publicly traded, the industry has shifted dramatically and it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but it's not hard to pinpoint the several points. Like there's way more, like you said, 1100 retail points, right? Like that didn't even exist a year ago. There was like a fraction of that, right? So like that's one major change. The, the, number, the number of SKUs, but also the variety of SKUs and 2.0 and 3.0 products, that's, that's dramatically changed. COVID has changed things about how people think about what they ingest, how they ingest it, how they enjoy cannabis from a sort of recreational side, how they want it from wellness and health. Like all the, many of those things has shifted, not like a little bit, but entirely, and at the same time, which must create unique opportunities, but also challenges for organizations to navigate through all of that unknown. Yes?
1: Yeah, no, it's changed. And navigating through today is, is so different than navigating versus three years ago. Um, you know, the, the opportunity to raise uh, easy capital has changed significantly, especially as a Canadian LP. Um, so you, you need to be very, very tight and disciplined on your, on your cost measures. Um, but also, if you remain, if you do not build a brand in the marketplace, a consumer-centric brand, you're not going to be existing too much longer. Uh, You can see some of the transactions that have taken places with some of the, what I call the larger LPs. They're buying market share. They're buying brands because they have not been successful at doing it. We at WeedMD have decided you have three options. You, You either buy them, you either create them, or you succumb to them. We've decided to build them and um and that's what we're doing with color and but it's kind of rooted in a little bit of a different world and you know change has has come with the consumer as well you know when you take a look at the consumer especially in canada it's really hard to market to them it's really hard to build brands and really go that deep into their psyche so how do you actually win them over it's about when they open up that pouch or that can it's about them saying, you know what, this is really good product. Actually, it's got a great terpene profile. It's great genetics. It looks good. The floor is good, and that's how you're going to win them over. And we've decided to go a different path. Yes, we're going to continue to build brands, but then we also decided that this CanTex acquisition keeps us really differentiated in the marketplace. So that's why we're so excited by it.
0: It's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot. It does seem. And we're 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 having a lot of conversations in other places, like especially in the states, especially in New York, and yeah. to hear the conversations that are happening there, it's almost as if the same conversations were happening here, 2016, 2017, that are happening there now, right. which is interesting, but also history just keeps repeating itself. And you know, there's there's uh you know there's there's a push there to like license cultivators first because there's going to be not enough product when it starts. And then, but uh, people who sort of watch the history, then will know that that'll catch up and surpass what they need. Like all the same things that the industry here did or tried to do, they're doing there and it's the same effect, but it is interesting. And I guess that's one of the questions. Like when you think about the landscape that's opened up here in Canada, the transitions that have happened, the changes that have happened that you talked about, like one part is like, do we have advice for what's happening down South? And then is there a role for the Canadian companies to, to serve, to enter, to like, what are you looking at as the relationship between what's happening in Canada, what's happening in the States?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, and, and, uh, just yesterday with, uh, Schumer's, uh, latest announcement, it's, it's a good time to really reflect on this because that could have gone, um, in many directions. Ultimately, I don't think it was as beneficial as most of the Americans would have liked. Um, candidly, I don't think it brought a, great deal of value Um, or clarity in fact it actually put a lot of warning uh, warnings out for what it may look like especially with what they will consider similar to our excise taxes Um, you know trans state shipments um, and uh, you know it it, that's concerning Um, but I think that anyone who anticipated to move any faster may have been getting ahead of themselves Um, so what does that leave us as Canadian LPs I think still a tremendous amount of opportunity because if the U.S. accelerated um, far faster, I do believe just truly out of the scale and the opportunity for capital, Canada potentially could have been left behind. So it still leaves us a tremendous amount of opportunity and time to actually do two things, establish ourselves as clear uh, global leaders, but also remedy some of the mistakes of the past. Um, And we all need to, I I say, if you don't look at the mistakes of the past, you can never move forward. And with us, the oversupply was a clear, clear, you know, issue with us. I think, you know, the most recent report showed tons of product being destroyed. You know, you even look at, at, um, at our business. We decided this year to not grow outdoor. Why? Because we have made the decision to not go downstream in price, but to go up with quality and because that's what we think is going to be the differentiator. So we're actually just producing as much product as we actually need for the consumer demands and not going out with claims that we're the largest producer in all of Canada. That, that is it's irrelevant, candidly. You can only sell what the consumer wants. We want to grow our consumer base. So again, this is why we went to Cantex and we acquired them because it gives us a host of new genetics it gives us an opportunity on tissue culture and it really differentiates us again in the marketplace to really um, to be market leaders not in size not in capacity but with the product offerings that we have
0: yeah i want to ask you a question because we've had we have lots of conversations about all of these things yeah. but one of the things that i think is is really compelling to sort of Sort of look behind the curtain and sort of get a glimpse of when you think about your brand portfolio and attracting customers and retaining customers and you see all the other products on the shelves like how do you analyze sort of where to go what to go with how to grow it like are, like what kind of data do you like thinking about and looking at as the as the world unfolds in front of consumers with you know hundreds of SKUs, thousands of SKUs, you know flour all the way to like concentrates to edibles to beverages like all those things, like, it must be, it must be a whole task. to like focus that, like knowing where you're going to be growing, know what you're good at, know your current consumer, and how to grow that sort of landscape. Like, how do you think about that as you look at the sort of marketplace?
1: Yeah. So, so as the industry's evolved, it's, it's no longer uh, a game of guessing or intuition or, um, you know, the, the side corner chats, it has been data driven. um, And, You know, there are several systems that we use, obviously BDS data and and some of the other data points out of the US are good. You know, they're good indicators of some of the more uh, developed marketplaces, but we are seeing some pretty robust data come out of our retailers. Um, They're giving us actually good consumer level data point. Buddy has given us great data points. We're actually getting pretty real time data on our market share now, um, which is interesting. Um, Real industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a real industry. You know, I, I, when, when I first entered, I used to say, Oh my God, I really wish I had Nielsen data. And now it's like, you know, we have that Nielsen data. It's in different forms. So anyone who's making decisions right now, based on their intuition, I think is probably not making the best decisions for a company. Now the intuition on many people's um, levels has been right. Don't get me wrong. Like you take a look at some of these, um, what I would call these craft producers and, and the micros. If you see some of the 2.0 products and the differentiation that they have out there, they knew the consumer better than some of the larger LPs. So they were spot on. They didn't need the data points, but guess what? The data points does tell us exactly that same amount. So they did know the consumer. They knew the consumer quite well. They know the consumer wants quality. They knew the consumer wanted certain products, um, and uh, you know. But that data also gives us that that level of information, and that's what really sways us to to understanding what we need to deliver to them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to sort of think about because, uh, like, you were starting a business. You guys went public. You're growing outdoors, indoors, all the products put on shelves with basically no data from consumers. Like it was starting an industry with no, no recipients, really. Like it was like, it, it, I think the hindsight and the case studies will just be fascinating for some business school students somewhere down the line. Um, it, it, like everybody has the slings and arrows that have sort of hit them as part of this. But I do think like as we exit COVID, as there is a full suite of retail throughout Canada, as there is this full suite of products, educated consumers, more people buying in the legal market, like all those things, to me, I, uh, this is the last question, like I'm quite bullish on the industry here because I think we're hitting like a, a, like a steady state that is still growing, but is a steady state of consumers, products, companies, like that seems to be exciting and hopefully not like a lot of tables being upended again and again and again.
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is, you know, if, if we really reflect back, Jay, um, you and I have been here for a long time and a lot of people say this is a mature market we're actually still in the first inning um, if you really think about it. Um, And although it seemed like dog years, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating because if you, if you really think about what we've accomplished, we've accomplished quite a bit, but if you really think about what we still have to accomplish, it's pretty significant. Um, You know, the best thing that ever happened to Canada um, was that the capital markets dried up. Yeah. And I know many people will say, well, that's a pretty harsh perspective, but you know what it was? It forced real businesses to evolve. Mm-hmm. What it also did second to that is a really interesting um, aspect of the business now that I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying to see is craft and Micro. Craft and Micro to me is extremely interesting because they each have their own consumer base that they can really develop and resonate with but it's actually forcing the level of quality to increase. And you see this in other categories. You saw it with beer and you saw it with, you know, you see it within wine and you see it other sectors. And I don't want to make those comparisons strictly with alcohol, but they they are quite relevant. And I think that's pretty interesting because it forces the dialogue to change. It's not about, you know, going out and saying you have 3 million square feet anymore. It's really about, you know how good is your product, um, and I, I like that dialogue much better. And the evolution of that product, but also it's pushing innovation further. Um, you know, some of the uh, some of the concentrates I'm seeing coming out in the marketplace are actually very, very impressive. So it forces us to be competitive now for the first time with the legacy market. Yeah. But we were not competitive, let's not fool ourselves.
0: Right. But now, <laughs> so, but now it is. That's the that's the like it's competitive on the product side and and targeting those consumers and it's as easy to, as easy to get like the it's, it's coming from both ways both access and product and i think that combination is is really juicy
1: yeah no and that's that's what i like about the entire uh sector right now it's 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 promising
0: yeah it is well speaking of promises you'll promise to come back hopefully um and we always enjoy talking to you um and congratulations now every time you guys like now that you guys have changed your name this shirt may be worth like more so i'm going to keep it i'm going to put it i'm going to clean it and put it in a vacuum seal bag for the um like a baseball card for the collector's edition uh, down
1: the road we'll put it in the time capsule
0: we'll put it in the weed md uh entourage museum
1: (laughs) thanks a lot jay
0: you got thanks so much we'll talk to you soon i know was George Scorsis, the CEO of Entourage Health Corp. If you like this program, please rate and view us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alternative Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, Gallagher, Headset, and Maine. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.